It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No Monday blues today. It's a fun one at City National Arena ahead of the Golden Knights matchup with Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And we are live from Studio 31. Ashley Vice here with you, joined by the Sheriff, Shane Knighty. Shane, Halloween's a week from today. You have a costume picked up yet? I have nothing. Nope, I don't have anything right now. It's, uh, did some decorations the other day, but I don't know if they're still up after the wind we've had. Pretty, pretty windy out yeah, there. Uh, my neighborhood had a few. I just went around and picked up the various ones on the street. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you? Come no, on. but there's there's a lot blowing around. Uh, no, I'm ready for Halloween. But that's uh, I'll have to come up with something. I, I've got I've got a little trunk of former costumes. Maybe would I love to go through that. <laughs> would love to go through that trunk and see what's in Shane Knighty's uh, costume arsenal. But you know who isn't going to have to dress up as Iron Man? Phil Kessel. It's Iron Man week, Shane. He plays game 989 tonight, tying Keith Yandel for most consecutive games played what's your initial reaction when you hear that number i think i've used the word staggering um it really is and i don't think anybody's more excited than phil to break <laughs> to tie the record um no that said it it really is I, I don't know how to put it in perspective maybe it's easier for me to understand how impressive it is having played the game and never playing that you know that there's so many factors that would have to come into play for you to play that long first of all you have to be an elite player like phil is you have to you know love the game love the sport you have to be able to be mentally tough because um you know not every day you're going to want to play it, it it is a grinding grueling season um you have to overcome you know if you're not feeling great obviously there's bumps and bruises he would have had to play through um there's coaches that he probably didn't like you know anybody out there you got we've had normal jobs there's boss you know there's someday like don't tell me there wasn't a day like I don't feel well. I'm not going in. He, he didn't. He hasn't done that. It's, and then there's I think a big part of it is luck. Um, you know, a lot of guys. You know, even talking in the room is talking with you know Alec Martinez today. He said, yeah. He said I think of some of the things he said just last practice. I took a puck in the back of the head. Um, you know, things happen to players, but to do it that long and play that many consecutive games is just, it is remarkable and uh, you know deserves to be recognized for it. We love to come to you on perspective about Phil Kessel because you did share a locker room yeah. with him for a couple of seasons. You talk about what he was like back when he was young. Would you have imagined he no. would be the one here breaking the streak? No, never. But And then a lot of things have happened. There's a lot of time that has elapsed since we were teammates. Um, the one thing that hasn't changed is the way Phil Kessel is. He has not changed his personality, his approach to the game. He's learned, obviously, as he's gone along and, you know, got a more veteran perspective. But I, I think that's the key is, you know, Phil is who he is. He's a unique, I think Aiden Hill, he's a unique animal. Um, you know, and everybody asked, uh, again, we, we were able to speak to guys this morning. Alec Petrangelo, I, one question I said, have you ever, is in, anybody remember that you can compare him to that you played with, like personality? Um, and no, Alex Petrangelo, who's been around a long time, said no, definitely unique. Uh, you know, Alex Martinez is the same thing. He said, yeah, you know, and but both of them said they love having him. Martinez called him a huge value add to the room. Um, and, and Petrangelo said he's great for this room, just his personality, he's, you know, every day. And, and I think that's one thing about Phil is he's very quiet. He's mysterious to the media because he doesn't give long answers. But in that room, he's beloved because he is, he's a, 
He's a team guy. He loves being in the room. He loves playing games. Now, if he could take practices off, I'm pretty sure he would take those off, but he doesn't want to take games. If it came between watching a game or playing, he's going to play every time. And uh, he, he is. He, he's been liked in every room he's been in uh, by his teammates. He's still kind of a, a mystery to a lot of people on the outside because you're not going to get this big personality through interviews. The guys get that in the room, um, but uh, you won't get it there. You talk about players, uh, teammates having a hard time describing them. It's three words every time. It's just Phil. Just Phil. That's all I can get anyone. Seems to be all I can get anyone to say What Petrangelo said today, he said, they asked him if you knew him before. He said, no, but came as advertised. Because players talk, so and, and he's a difficult person to kind of explain. So coming in as advertised uh, and just his whole persona, he, he, he can – he can have fun about himself, and uh, he had the best quote today. I went up, Phil. I said, "Oh, you're doing." He said, "What'd you expect?" He says, "Pillar of excellence," and he pointed to himself. You know, it's just uh, he, he has no trouble, uh, you know, giving it out, chirping guys, but he also takes a ton of it, and uh, he can laugh it off. And uh, it's good to have that in the room. I said, when you put together good teams, you can't overlook the chemistry and the unique personalities and characters you need to have in there uh, that can kind of, you know, offset things. Like guys like him are important because he's been in the league so long and you can get those guys that are so intense. He's the type of personality, type of teammate that can even things out because you can't you can't carry that intensity throughout a whole season. You the, the roller coaster rides of wins and losses, you've got to, you've got to try and stay even keel and guys like him can help others. Not only do they help others, but that even keel nature, you think that has something to do with his longevity? I think so. Yeah, you have to you have to love and this is injuries aside, everything aside, just the fact of the grind and you'd think at some point you're like, "Ah, that's I just I'm tired." <laughs> no. And and that is I think just because he doesn't the way he approaches the sport, the games, day to day, game to game is he has fun with it. And I think that certainly speaks to longevity and the ability to do it that long. It says something, too, when a guy like Alec Martinez calls him a huge value add because yes. that's coming from someone who's maybe the most, one of the most valuable in the room. Yeah, exactly. And, and a guy who's been a captain, won a Stanley Cup, knowing the importance. And so we, the number is 989, and, you know, for Phil consecutive. I think it's 1,211. I had to look it up. I, my memory's not good. I think there's another 81 playoff games, and that's – so, you know, when you're talking about value add, yeah, not only personality, but the experience uh, of so much, a couple of Stanley Cup wins and just being in situations, understanding what it's like to be a part of a winner and how that, you know, room works and, and playing with some of the best in Pittsburgh, like a Crosby and a Malkin and a Latang, and, and those guys, it's just, uh, it's, it's a big value add to bring not only that experience, but then to bring that type of uh, personality, that type of attitude he brings, it can be refreshing on certain days. Morning skate wrapped up here at City National Arena just about an hour ago. And just to share kind of what the vibe was like here, we were up in the offices where we were able to see the ice. And at the end of practice, Phil Kessel goes in the middle to lead stretch and the guys are stick tapping and yelling and you can just sense how uncomfortable he is. He hates <laughs> this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, how ready do you think he is to get this over with? And honestly, imagine you're, if you were still his teammate at this point, how much are they relishing in the opportunity to give him a hard time that all the spotlight oh, is on him? Yeah, he's, he's going to take a lot of heat. And uh, I think... And maybe, you know, Bruce Cassidy might have put it best. Yeah, Phil wants to get this next 24, 48 hours over with. 
um, and move on. And, you know, I think he just wants to play the game. He wants to win games. He wants to contribute to this team being successful. I think it's something that he'll be able to look back on and, you know, and then, you know, kind of take it in. At, at present time, his personality, he's just, let's get this over. Let's get on with the season. Um, but he will look back. And, and that's when, you know, whether it's a year or two or sooner or 10 years from now, because it's uh, it's astonishing what he's been able to accomplish to go down, you know, in the record books and, and say, hey, I was able to do that. So um, we'll see how it how it rolls out. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, the other thing, and I don't know if he he promised it, but I asked. I said I'd like to talk about something else either than the streak because let's not forget he's sitting on goal three ninety nine. So maybe uh, he said he said he'd like to get a gold. I said yeah, that'd be great. Let's start talking about number four hundred. Yeah, that'd be cool if it happened tonight or tomorrow when he hopefully breaks breaks tonight. the Iron Man streak. Let's talk about it tonight. I want to see him do it tonight. I think he'd like to see that yeah. too. Want to share one last thing on this uh, staggering note that our wonderful PR staff, Nate Ewell and Garrett Calloway, sent us this morning. I'll admit it's a little skewed because of the injury troubles last season, but Phil Kessel will be playing game number 989 tonight consecutively. Yeah. 989 in a row. The closest Golden Knight in terms of consecutive games played is William Carlson. 65. That. <laughs> 989 in a row versus 65 in a row. That's jaw-dropping. And that brings up another point. And I think it was Nick Waugh who brought it up in the room. Because everybody's talking about Kessel this morning. So I talked about luck being a factor. So, yes, there's injuries and practice, odd things. I almost lost an eye in a simple drill in practice. You know, Martinez said, you know, he's taking pucks. Mark Stone took stitches last practice from his own shot off the post hitting him. So that, but let's not forget, we just came through a period in our lives where COVID played a factor and he did not miss that's for that. that's a good call all the testing every all day. the testing he was able to survive that as well and you know that <laughs> good for him I, he just his body's a temple he's he's able to fight it, it fights off everything you need to figure out what vitamins whatever he's yeah. taking never get sick again hopefully or play through it of course covid you wouldn't have been able to play through it no. because of the nature of the beast um the fact that this streak started when he was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know how you feel about the hockey gods, but it doesn't feel like a coincidence that he ties it tonight with the Maple Leafs. No, I think it's very fitting that uh, he ties it against his former team. And, uh, you know, he had some great years there leading them, uh, in, you know, in, in points. And, uh, you know, a tough market to play in in Toronto. It's uh, um, I think it's great when you can – you know, not only tie that record, but it's good because there's some, you know, some teammates on the other side that are probably, you know, cheering for him to hit that record. So it'll be great to, to share it, uh, whether he admits it or not, or actually does enjoy it. It's it's good to have more of those former teammates and people that have kind of been part of this career and this run for him. We talk about what he brings to the locker room. What are you seeing from Phil Kessel on the ice through the first six games? Adjusting. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um and it's going to happen. I think right now it's an adjustment period, and it is for the whole team. So you've got some new players that are trying to settle in, new lines. You've got a new coach, some, you know, changes to the system. There's a, there's a lot going on, and that's, you know, we can all be critical. I can find myself, you know, last game, you know, they got to play a 60-minute game. But, you know, it's hard. The other team's trying to win too, and we've got to remember they're four and two. It's, it's six games in. It's really early in the season. They've had a really good start. Um, they want to build upon each and every game. And I think, uh, you know, for Phil, it's, it's settling in. And uh, he's been receptive to whatever's been asked of him. 
this season. You know, they changed some lines late in that game, and he's fine with it. I think he'll just, he's willing to do whatever to help the team, and he does put pressure on himself. He wants to be productive. He wants to be a guy that can put up points because he's done it his whole career. You know, last year in offseason with just eight goals, but he still, uh, you know, put up four, what, 52 points. So, uh, you know, 44 assists is pretty impressive. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, units on the power play. There, there's just certain chemistry that's starting to build and uh, and adjustments that be made. And I think he's just acclimating himself here with the team, and it's going to get, e- get easier and better each and every game. It will, but he does have new line mates tonight. Yeah. That's something we will talk about when we come back. But, you know, it's going to be a super important night, and we want to make sure that Golden Knights fans have the opportunity to be at all of these occasions in the future. So, hey, Golden Knights fans, ready to see our team back on the ice, become a full-season ticket member for the 22-23 season, and never miss a game. A full-season ticket member will have perks such as discounts on merchandise, parking, and more. To get more information about full-season membership, contact the Vegas Golden Knights sales team at 702-645-4359 or email them at tickets at vegasgoldenknights.com. We'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to nighttime at noon. Going to get uh, into some of the news from Vegas Golden Knights morning skate. But first, the Craggy Range is the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. Come watch your nights on one of the Craggy Range's big screen TVs or the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, or all kinds of cocktails while you catch the action. You can find a menu for the whole family, plus a full bar with 16 beer taps. The Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill is open daily, no ticket required. So swing by there if you want a nice pregame drink. It is Monday after all. Wouldn't blame them, would you, Shane? Have you been there? I have. I have yet to go. So you got to uh, go. Yeah, I know. This look how is, good it this looks. This is not right. It's delicious. Uh, I will have to head over to Craggy. It's delicious. Shane won't be able to be there tonight because he will be on the call <laughs> between the Vegas Golden Knights and Toronto Maple Leafs. Seventh game of the season for the Golden Knights. A, a good start overall. Each loss has come to teams that are certainly expected to be playoff yeah. contenders, if not more than that. Uh, what have you seen from the Golden Knights so far? There's been a lot to like in their game. I, I think there's still indecision on some of the things they've made adjustments to with the new coaching staff. Um you know, but I think they're getting more comfortable. You know, the penalty kills one of those areas. There's still, you know, you want everything to be instinctual when you're a player and, you know, to, to not really have to think about it. But I, sometimes I think it's a little, as I said, that indecision of, okay, we used to do this, like we're doing this now, and it's that little hesitation. Uh, you know, penalty kill is a good example. John Stevens was saying that's part of it, you know, last game against Colorado, just being in the lanes, everything happening in that split second quicker. Um, but overall, I, I think the compete's been there. I think their starts had been good until uh, Colorado. That was certainly the difference in that game. They needed to uh, come out better. It took them a long period. I think they went 15-57, 15, just under 16 minutes without a shot before it turned around in the second period. Uh, and then they started getting momentum. And, and a lot of that is, you know, hearing the coach, you know, I've heard Cassie talk about you can, but you can see it in the game. When they, when they struggle with, you know, the walls getting pucks out of their end and in the neutral zone turning it over. Uh, they call it managing puck, puck management, whatever you want to term it as. Uh, that's when kind of is, has been the trouble for them when they haven't done that well. Uh, I think uh, when they get to their game, they, they play with speed. They're putting pucks in deep. They can get in on the attack. They're good on clean on their breakouts. So, you know, when you're six games in, 
you're not seeing you know those complete games yet every team's still trying to piece it all together and uh you know but the plan is as every team would have and tell you is okay you know get better every game you know take that next step learn from the last game whether it's a win or a loss and get better uh certainly tonight the message will be against the toronto team we've got to start we got to come ready at puck drop you, you can't wait especially you know they're like colorado they're they've got some dangerous offensive guys you've got to be ready there and they've got to be able to work as units of five to really defend slow down those teams that have offensive weapons another strong power play that they're facing another strong as well. power and play stay out of the box number one number yeah. two penalty kill be better <laughs> you mentioned the penalty kill and what john stevens said earlier um a comment that he made that stands out that is probably applicable anytime not just on the pk but he said there's just habits that are still there and they're not necessarily good habits or bad habits they're just habits that you have to change how long do you feel as a you know a good amount of time when you expect this team to really understand all the systems whether it's five on five or special teams coaches probably give you i I always look at that 10 game mark because now you're into the season certainly you want that 10 game mark you don't want to be one and nine you want to you want to come out of it but i think it's hard to replicate you know, in practice, that you know, special teams. It's one of those things I think takes a little bit longer. Defending, learning defense, that happens quicker. The last thing to come usually is special teams. So um, it's a matter of getting those reps and then being in those situation, game situations, where you make the right read, where you're, you know, your read and react is on time. Your instincts become right and they become second nature. Now it's all right, okay, these penalty killers know, okay, but I need to be here. You're reacting the right way without having to think about it too much. So it, it's a matter of kicking in those those new, you know, that mindset, those new habits to a place where they're, you know, they come to you like that instantaneous. And, and then it makes it a lot easier. Being in the shot lane, proper stick, when to force, when to not, and then working as a unit. So I, I think it'll all, I think it's coming. It'll get better every game. They'll certainly have addressed it after the last game against Colorado. And as I said, game reps. We'd love not to see too many against Toronto, but it's certainly a good power play where you're, you know, if you're a penalty killer, you're up to the challenge. Okay, let's shut these guys down. You mentioned adjusting. There are new lines today. It's, yes. uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy did some shuffling toward the end of last game. You mentioned how they weren't getting shots. Yeah. He's shuffled some things around. So here's what we're looking at tonight. The defensive pairs stay the same, which isn't a surprise. They like how their decor has looked all in all. The fourth line also stays the same, which isn't a surprise. Bruce Cassidy has been vocal about how he feels about them, but want to run through the other changes with you. Jack Eichel will be between Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone tonight. I believe we saw that at the end yes. of last season I'll, very I'll, I'll briefly. Um, the misfits are back together. It's a new line. What do you say? It's a new line. The misfits? Yeah. Very new. Yeah. <laughs> Unfamiliar to say the least. Um, and then Brett Howden moves from wing to center and he will be with Michael Matteo and Phil Kessel. So where do you want to start? Where do you want to start here? Which line? Do you well, want I think the change first? started and uh, oh, I, I put in a request to our, our stats guy to, to figure out exactly the time, but I believe it was from my poor memory. It was around the eight, eight minute mark in the third period. Somewhere in there that all of a sudden this Stone-Stevenson-Eichel line went out, and I believe they scored the first shift together. Eichel-Stone to Stevenson to the back of the net. So when, when you get that type of uh, reaction and, and result right away, I think it, it makes sense. Okay, all right, we're going to stay with that. And then, you know, like your old, your favorite pair of shoes or your favorite today it's cold in Vegas, your 
warm blanket you want to pull out, well, you put together the misfit line, Carlson, Marshall, Smith, because you know the chemistry's there. Those guys have played together so many times, so long, and been successful. You go with that line, and then, you know, really the only kind of, and you mentioned, I think we got a brief look at Stevenson, Stone, and Eichel last year. Then you kind of put together that other line with, you know, you move Brett Howden, who's a natural center back there. Amadio could also play center and then Kessel on that line and, you know, maybe see what they can do. Maybe they can build some chemistry together. Um, and, and that's what I love when things aren't working, you know, as a coach that rather than let your players play through it, you've got to, sometimes you you got to shake things up. You, gotta, you know, it sends a message. All right, we need, we need something different here. We need a different look. And, and it happened pretty quickly. And because of that, sticking with it here to start tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously I'm very excited and enticed to see what Stone Eichel and Stevenson can do together as a line for a whole game if it stays that way because, you know, you look at those three and you think of the potential. You know, Eichel and Stevenson, the speed they have, Stone, just his vision, his smarts. Uh, uh, there's a lot of potential for them to find some success, and they did it very quickly last game. Now can they carry that through? And, of course, I'm always excited to see, you know, how quickly Marcia's the misfit line can rekindle their chemistry and, and make things happen. And, you know, I know Phil Kessel, we, we touched on in the opening, he's sitting on 399. Can maybe Howden and, and Matty will be the guys to get him going? I think, you know, the one line that really has understood their ask and what their identity is is the Carrier colasar line, and they're not going to change. And I think the good thing about what I like about that line is uh, they have no problem putting them out, whether tonight, whether it's against the Matthews or Tavares line. They're like, okay, yeah, go ahead. they got total confidence in those guys to play and to defend because they're they're a big, heavy line that, a lot of times we've seen this year, whether early on against Kopitar, they've forced some of the other team's top lines to, to play in their own end, which I, I think is a huge advantage. Brett Howden has had a good start to the season. He had a lot of success when he was playing with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson, aside from sliding to center, aside from just yeah. that. What changes for him now? How can he continue to stand out in this role? I think he's got to use his speed. So, you know, in his role now center, there's going to be a little more, you know, um, he's got to be, you know, a little more awareness in his own end, obviously. But he's he's played the position, so it's nothing new to him. So a little more defensively minded, and I think it it might be easier. In effect, it's always easier to go from center to the wing position. The wing, the hardest thing about playing the wing is the wall battles, getting pucks out. You know, hard at times the game's physical, it's fast, the guys are on you. So how to win those battles on the wall? Um, it's harder to go if you're a natural winger and then learn to play center. Well, he already knows how to play center, and I think he'll feel more comfortable there in certain areas of the game, maybe in his own end. Um, I think he brings a lot of speed from underneath in the support position. He's a guy that can get up the ice. Uh, Amadio and Kessel, you know, Kessel's creative. He's still got the speed in the legs. So I think Brett Howden, maybe this is, he's just looking for a little more confidence. He's had some chances. He's got one goal this year. It came on a tip. But I'd like to see him find a little bit more of that offensive confidence. And uh, maybe being back at his natural position might help. And something he said to all of us coming into the season was he was willing to accept whatever role yeah. he was given. So now it's kind of an opportunity to show how versatile he can be if he can ha- find success yeah. in such different scenarios. And it's important, I think, for a player like him to be able you want to be as versatile as you can. You want to show your value as much as you can. So I think it's great that he, you know, given that opportunity, he's, 
you know, he's going to say, I played wing my whole life if he gets a chance to play with Stone and Stevenson. At least I would. Okay. Because yep. I don't think he envisioned himself coming in, you know, where do I fit into in this team that he's going to be on a line with those two. And he may be back there. I think it was good for him to go up there. They know that, hey, that line works. There's something with Halden there. But at the same time, it's now, okay, I'm back to center my natural – want to prove myself here so uh, it's about proving his worth and uh, he's getting the opportunity at uh, at the center position uh, here with Amadio and Kessel and maybe they're the two guys that can uh, propel Phil Kessel forward here speaking of Phil Kessel we're going to hear from him we're going to hear from head coach Bruce Cassidy in just a bit when we come back of course we'll also have Shane preview tonight's matchup stick with us Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, they're obviously uh, they're great guys here. Uh... Nighttime at Noon, there was a little bit of a preview of what we are going to hear here in a second as Phil Kessel ties the record for most consecutive games played tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's 989. The real fun is tomorrow when he breaks the record. It'll be 990. And we started to get a preview there. So let's just go ahead and hear what Phil had to say this morning. Yeah, they're obviously uh, they're great guys here. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of fun since I got here. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they like to joke around a little bit. That was Phil Kessel. That's what he had to say after the team was giving him the all the attention at morning skate. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that's about all you're going to get from him at this point. He's, uh, as he said, we, we said coming into the show, he'll be excited to get through these next 24, 48 hours. And uh, he said tomorrow night, let's get through tonight. Maybe that's the player in me. I don't I don't want to jinx. Let's, I don't want to look too far ahead. I want to see him tie the record here tonight. Get through this game. See a Golden Knights win, and then. You move on from there. On the stretch, do you want to share uh, with the audience what Bruce Cassidy had to say about him leading the stretch? Oh, he's, <laughs> I'm surprised he never stretches anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, he was surprised. Well, I, was, well, I wrote it down, yeah. He, he said he did something along the lines of he doesn't like the attention, but he also doesn't like yeah. to stretch. Yeah, but yeah that's right. He said he didn't like the attention, says, or to stretch either. That's what he said <laughs> when, uh, in reference to him leading the team stretch after practice. That's one of the best parts of all of this is all the all the jokes people make about that side of Phil. And he, but and he loves it. Like that, he and he loves the jokes. Like he he can take it. He'll dish it back, but he, he has no problem taking it. Let's take a listen to what Bruce Cassidy had to say on Phil Kessel enjoying these next two nights. Uh, I enjoy Phil. Uh, we sat and chatted this morning. He's 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 a real hockey guy, but he's also can talk about a lot of different things. I think the guys in the room. I uh, really enjoy his company, so I would say the same thing. As for coaching him, it's still new, to be honest with you, but um, he's very, like, interactive, you know, when you, when you talk, it's back and forth. Uh, what do you need me to do, um, you know, et cetera. And then he's low maintenance when it comes to a lot of the details. He, re he really is. I mean, he, this is, you know, just tell me what you need and, and I'll try to give you the best I can. We're not trying to change the way Phil plays, to be honest with you. We're trying to get him to adapt a little bit, how, you know, the things he can do well away from the puck. Like, we're never going to ask Phil to go out there and lead us in hits, but he's back-checked well. When we've asked him to return to D-zone, he goes to the right spot and track back. He's broken up some plays, so that's all we can ask. Uh, offensive side of things hasn't happened for his line uh, so far a lot, but I think that'll come eventually. We've moved some people around, but um, but he has no complaints about that either. He understands Mark Stone's a good player, plays right wing, Marcia so, so he just wants to help us win. 
How important, Shane, is that whatever-you-need-me-to-do attitude that Bruce Cassidy referenced? Yeah, and he said probably the two favorite uh, words any coach could speak, low maintenance. That's what they want from players, and and I think it really speaks, uh, as he said, Phil understands, you know, kind of the place on this team. If it's not, there's a lot of good players, and, okay, what do you need me to do? I think that that is so important, especially a veteran guy like him who's, you know, been an elite guy on the on a lot of teams won two stanley cups been big parts of stanley cup wins um that you know he's at his point okay i'll do whatever it takes for this team to win where do you need me do you, you know you, you could be upset that okay i'm not playing with you know jack eichel anymore i'm gonna play with howard in the matter sure that, that's perfect that's what i'm gonna do and that's exactly what you want to hear and that's why you always you know we're hearing it now and you hear it from former teams why guys Love Phil Kessel in that room. He, he is truly a team guy uh, that's a lot of fun uh, and makes, it, makes, makes, makes you comfortably around. And I think that's very important. When you look at teams that win the Cup, including one that you were a part of, there's always veterans, the Cup-winning season, that seem to take on roles that you wouldn't expect or that they may not like, but it's that sacrifice that often leads yeah. to success. It is. You need everybody and... I always talk about understanding your role on a team to be successful. And, you know, not everybody can play 20 minutes. Not everybody can be, you know, shut down defensive player. Not, you know, everybody can be, you know, the rah-rah guy on the bench or the intense guy on the bench. And whether it's on ice or off ice stuff, everybody has a role to play. And and when they do it to their best of ability, it, it all adds up to the team success so i think uh, you know everybody kind of understands that you'd understand it at different points in your career um but they all add up everybody you know kind of you know doing their part for the better of themselves because it's about the team part of the reason he gets it is because of his experience and this whole streak started back in 2009 when he was a member of the maple leafs who he is facing again tonight but he reflected on that connection this morning I don't know. It's been a long time since I played there, but, uh, you know, I have great memories there. And, you know, obviously my wife's from there and, you know, I have a lot of great friends there. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time there. What do you think about that? Do you remember much about, like, teams you played for way a long time ago? or do you Oh, think yeah, I do. I, had, I, I talk a lot more than Phil, so I probably would have – it would have been a little longer. And I think he's just – and he does. Again, this is, you know, you hear him talk. I think it is special. I think there's, you know, he has a connection to Toronto. He always will. And uh, certain guys there, you, you make lifelong friends on, you know, any team you play on. It may not be everybody from that team, and certainly they've had some changes since he was there. But there's personnel there that are good friends for him that he's probably stayed in touch with over the years, uh, a few of them. And, um, you know, it, it's a part of – it's a part of what he's been able to do here, this accomplishment of, you know, reaching 989 straight games, uh, you know, going through those years with the Leafs. And um, it'll have a special memory, I said. And, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, right now all of this isn't that big to him. But when he looks back and then, you know, thinks of the streak that's in the record books, he's going to think, about, oh, you know, Toronto started here. And then memories start to come back that way. And I think maybe that's maybe why I remember now. I think back more of it once I was out of the game rather than when you're still in it. Do you remember any moments back when you were part of the game, whether it was you or one of your teammates hitting major milestones <laughs> you remember being part of? Oh, boy. Now you're going to test my poor memory for specific events. Um, 
Whew, I'm trying to think if uh, if anybody. I know we never had anybody do something like this. 989 games. I remember when I was in Ottawa and uh, Saku Koivu, the Canadians, came back from cancer and played his first game. I remember those type of uh, you know ceremonies uh, that were important. We, we were fortunate enough to be there. Um, oh. No, you didn't give me enough time. You just put me on the spot. I put you on the spot there. I also didn't even look up. Yeah, to see see. I, didn't, I didn't look anything out else to help you. It just, came, right it just came to me. It just came to me. No, it's a good question. And now now you've got me really, uh, really thinking here. And whew. yeah, that's, that's, there, there's been a few. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to be a part. Nothing directly to me, unfortunately, but uh, a lot of players that have uh, done some incredible, incredible things in their career. On the same note as what you just mentioned, something that Bruce Cassidy brought up this morning is that people forget about Phil Kessel's um, scare with cancer yeah. at a young age. Uh, based on what you know about him, how do you feel like that maybe kind of changed his perspective on things and maybe I, part of his even keel nature? Yeah, I think it is his even He kind of, it, it happened, um, I believe it was the season before I was with Boston. It happened in December of 2006, his first year, 06, 07, I believe. And he kind of, he said, he got, you know, from what I believe, it was, it was a brief thing. He didn't want it to get out. I believe it got leaked, but he just wanted to keep it private, have what needed to be done. And he was back very quick from it. Um, I'm certainly, you know, I don't think he's going to open up. It would be scary for anybody to go through something like that. And, uh, you know, fortunately for him, he was able to come out and, you know, no long lasting effects from it and was able to continue his career and go on to what we're seeing is, you know, People are arguing now, is it a Hall of Fame career? Well, that's for others to decide. But uh, an outstanding long career where he's going to be in the record books. Uh, you know, he's got his name on the Stanley Cup a couple of times. So uh, it happening early in his career like that, maybe it did make him just appreciate the situation a little bit more. And, and maybe that's uh, part of why his personality is just uh, so easygoing. It's something for us to keep in mind, too, as we talk about the luck involved with setting this kind of streak, he has overcome things. You know, it's not yeah. like it's this guy that's had every everything's come easy to him or he's had everything handed to him. He's dealt with things as well. Oh, he certainly has. He had, uh, I believe he had a shoulder injury the first time uh, in playoffs uh, when Bo we were with Boston and playing the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so he, he's gone through injuries before in his career. It's just it's been a long time since that's happened. And uh, certainly he's had injuries throughout this streak, throughout this run that he's been able to just play through and, and to be able to minimize whatever that was, whether, whether it's help from training staff, whatever it may be, uh, to, to play this streak. So, um, you know, he's just... Uh, Hoping to stay healthy and do his thing. Whatever is working, he doesn't need to change because it's uh, it's been it's been all good right now. What's the worst injury you ever played through? Played through. Oh, I've played. Uh, I've played through broken bones. Uh, I broke the actually the one game in Calgary. It might not have been the worst, but uh, I wasn't supposed to finish the game. I broke the tip off my pinky finger. I took my glove off and it was hanging to the side. I went and got it stitched up and splintered, and I went back out. Um, it wasn't all the way off. They didn't have to go put it on ice or anything. It no, was like it was just literally hanging there. by oh, the man. skin, and they just kind of flipped it back on. Uh, that one, and I then afterwards, they're like, oh, you probably shouldn't have. Not because I could play through it, but it was more the infection. You know, gloves get a little anyways. Uh, that, yeah, everybody's played through, you know, broken, anything broken in the foot is usually easy because a skate can act like a cast. Until you take it off, Until though, right? Until you take it off, and then... My first year, I played a while with a, a cracked bone. I just they put it in the ice bucket for a little bit, freeze it up, then put it in the skate, and then lace it in. And 
Yeah, you know, everybody, the guys do that. That that was the mentality we had, or at least, you know, when I played, and guys still have it. Uh, you know, we know Alec Martinez has yep. played through broken bones. It's just just part of the game. It's hard course, to believe that. Of course, I've injured my eye, too, a couple of times. And uh, the one game I came back and played, I got it stitched up, came right back and played, and then after that they said no, the swelling and the danger around the eye injury, so I... I think I missed a game or two after that. We could clear it up, though. It's not a glass eye. We could do a whole hour show if we went through my injuries if you really want. (laughs) For those people who are always asking, it's not a glass eye. He's just a warrior. No, it's just my pupil does not dilate there. It uh, it was damaged. But it's still, well, I was 20-20 vision until a year ago. Now I've got these uh, readers. The spectacles. Uh, That's that's more of an age thing than an injury thing. Are those for things close, far away? Is this nearsighted or farsighted? I can't, yeah see my phone to see my notes yeah that's that's what these glasses are for fair enough um want to talk about toronto and what you see out of them specifically dangerous you know look at what they did last year i know everybody just looks to to their playoff success but the regular season they were one of their best seasons and you know they have a guy that just came you know second rocket uh, trophy and Austin Matthews, who's one of the league's elite, if not elite, scorers. You know, Alexander Ovechkin's carried that title for so long, but he's kind of that next guy. Sixty goals is uh, is just a number you don't hear very much in the NHL. And you know, I think Steven Stamkos, the last guy to do that before that, I think it was Ovechkin in 07-08, I believe. Um, so it's happened three times since then. It, it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, it uh, and then you know you, you put the surrounding cast, uh, Mitch Marner and, and John Faras and William Nylander, Morgan Riley. Um, th- this team has has a lot of guys up front that that can hurt you if you're not playing smart. And I think the Golden Knights, they've got to play a very detailed, smart game here tonight. They can't they can't help. Toronto's going to create enough just with their ability. You don't want to give them any help with mistakes. Um, so. And all that said, I think, that, you know, for Vegas, it's about their start and establishing that home ice identity here at the Fortress because it's such an advantage if you can have that start and get that crowd and get that energy behind you. I think it's very advantageous. Sounds like a challenge to the crowd tonight, Shane. Well, the crowd, oh, yeah, they, they don't, they're always ramped up. They are, but it, they are. It, 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 it's a lot easier to keep them going uh, if you can get a goal early. Definitely. We'll dive in a little bit more into the matchup when we come back. We'll talk some goaltending, some power play, all the other good stuff before tonight's game. Stick around. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to nighttime at noon from Studio 31 here at City National Arena. The Golden Knights getting set to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. But, hey, Golden Knights fans, can't get enough hockey? Come check out the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League playing at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Single game, group, and mini-suite tickets for home games during the 22-23 season are on sale now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259 or visit hendersonsilvernights.com to learn more. But, of course, we're here to talk about their NHL team, the Vegas Golden Knights, in their matchup tonight. Once again, I'm Ashley Vice with Shane Knighty. Shane, uh, we've talked about a lot so far. We've talked about the big night for Phil. We've talked yep. about the matchup. But a couple other guys uh, heating up, one in particular last game, Jack Eichel. 
Yeah, back-to-back multi-point games for Jack Eichel. He had the the pair of goals against Winnipeg and then uh, picks up a pair of assists uh, in the last game against Colorado. And I think it's good for, for Jack to start, you know, putting up those type of numbers. This is, uh, you know, last year, I know he led them in goals when he returned, but that was a Jack Eichel coming off major surgery, just disc replacement surgery, which is, you know, never been done. Now it's been done a little bit more, Tyler Johnson. Um, so I think for him it's about confident with his body and you know had a full summer to train and now confident with how you know taking hits playing bigger minutes playing getting ready to play a full season so there's a lot of things that go into it for him and then now it's for him to see results offensively because this is a guy that is used to getting putting up numbers and when they start to happen i think it really starts to roll Uh, he's had a lot of success against the toronto maple leafs in his career as well so hopefully that helps um I think he's got 14 goals in 17 games against the Leafs. Um, so that continues here now, even though he has a different jersey on. Uh, but, yeah, it's just – and then it's comfortable. You know, things have been moved around. He's going to have a new line tonight. Um, I think there's a there's a certain part of excitement that comes when you play with new guys. I think it's like – you know, it's not that you want to – you know, the other guys. It's just, okay, let's see what we can do now. And uh, I think certainly him and Mark Stone, and it's very intriguing – when you look at that line and saying, hey, okay, uh, let's see, you know, Stevenson, Stevenson who has goals in back-to-back games as well, Stevenson and Stone and Eichel, you look at it on paper and you get quite excited about it to see what can happen. And uh, I think Jack certainly maybe has a little, I don't know if he, there's any more steps he can have in his stride or speed because he is so fast. But uh, I think there's going to be a level of excitement tonight throughout the group. You mentioned his success against Toronto. As a player, do you, remember like would you recall when you were playing a team oh i have success against this team like is <laughs> not that personally you... but i think yeah there are guys that do that i think there's certainly uh there's there's certain players that you know it's in the memory you know the memory bank that okay yeah i've played this team i've had success against this guy and you know whether it's that belief factor or just a little extra confidence when you go out in that game that might play a factor um i wish i could speak to it um, but I, you know, I, I just can't, I, you know, I can speak to their certain teams that you have success in a season that you feel a little more confident going into that game. Maybe their tendencies, uh, matched up, you know, how to read them a little bit better the way they play. Um, but from an offensive perspective, uh, that would, uh, I don't know if we have anybody on our staff that we could ask that. Um, I'm going to say Derek, no, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Darren Elliott was a goalie, but, I'm sure goalies remember who they have. Goalies, you know what? Goalies, goalies might, so yeah. Goalies might be able to have, you know. Okay, I was, you know, this is the team I can shut down. Um, but certainly, we're hoping Jack uh, feels that extra confidence against the Leafs. Speaking of goaltending, what have you seen through these first six games? I've liked it. You know, you can go through those goals against uh, Colorado. The the two power play goals. That's you know. Too, too easy of a shot to give up in those situations. And then both of them kind of off the far post one-timers. Not much Logan can do on that. And I, I think it's about reps for both of them. And we've touched on it, and we've heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it, the internal competition. Every time either it's Hill or Thompson takes the net, you're playing for another opportunity to be in there and to get more games. So I think that's a big motivating factor for, you know, for their 
as a professional athlete and in their position to, to be the guy and to get as many starts as possible. So you want to leave a lasting impression each and every game. And, you know, Logan, uh, I think, I think they both performed very well this year. They've given the type of goaltending they've expected. I think they've played well in front of them. They had a ton of block shots last game. Uh, the Golden Knights did. So I think the, the system they play uh, allows them to, okay, you've got to make certain saves you need to, and then you're going to have to make one or two that, Maybe we need you to steal a goal, and, uh, and you know that's what goalies want. They want to be in the net. They want to have that that chance to prove themselves, and they've both been able to do it so far uh, this season. Toronto's had pretty good goaltending as well, despite Matt Murray being out. Yeah, Samsonov is, uh, in which he's changed from Samsonov in Washington back to Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov uh, is getting the opportunity, and, and I think you know this is a guy that uh, is trying to get that number one position, and I think. He's playing a lot of reps in a row, so there's not. He, it's kind of maybe the other uh, train of thought where he's like, "Okay, I got to be the guy now." Matt Murray's hurt, so I'm going to try and grab hold uh, of this chance to to prove my worth and be the number one guy. And there's not a lot of push uh, from anywhere else, um, but we'll see if they can challenge him tonight. Circling back, I'm backtracking. I'm not always it. as smooth Let's as Darren go. Millard going from subject to subject. Darren's like not that smooth. Honestly, um, why would you say that? Mark Stone. Mark, Darren is like poetic. Oh, jeez. If you're listening, Darren, keep, uh, keep it going. He probably is. Keep it going. There's not much else going on. <laughs> um, Mark Stone, the captain, 300th assist for him last game. Uh, but it really seems like with every game, he's getting more comfortable. We saw it from the beginning of the season from the first game, but it seems like it keeps building. Yeah, I can just echo kind of what I same thing I was saying about Eichel. Uh, you know, for Mark Stone, this is a guy that played with pain last year. And, um, you know, it was a progression right through camp. We heard the coaching staff talk about it. They wanted Mark Stone to get back and feel comfortable. You know, the first step was to play in a preseason game and then see how he felt. Second game was all right. It's going to, you know, a few more touches. And then, you know, now we're starting to see Mark Stone, the, the plays he's making, his – it's hard to explain his game. It just he's so smart. And he sees things that not a lot of players do, the way he's able to read uh, offense, the way he's able to read defensive situations, stick positioning. Uh, we've heard the term used as a ghost from Bruce Cassidy. When he goes in on the forecheck, he can almost bait a defend, the, the defenseman into giving up the puck. He, he's, he's getting all those things that make him so special back to his game. And I think it's just for him too. It's playing, knowing that his body's going to feel comfortable going through the physicality of a hockey game, playing the minutes that he's used to, getting back on the penalty kill. Something he asked Cassidy he said, "I'm ready." You know, last year they to take away some minutes, he took him off the penalty kill. But he's a very effective penalty killer. He's back there playing power play, playing all those situations that. We're used to seeing Mark Stone before he had the injury. So good to see him back healthy and, and, and getting to that game and you know picking up a, a pair of assists and one of them 300. And it's really telling that he is asking for that extra responsibility, yeah. asking to be on the PK. But you know, since we talked about the PK earlier, how big is that for this team once Mark Stone is getting comfortable in that position? Oh, very big. I mean, him and Chandler Stevenson uh, have been known to be one of the best. You go with Riley Smith and, and William Carlson, then you have Stone and Stevenson. I think it's it's important. 
you always hear coach say you like to develop, you know, your kind of bottom six to play there. But if you have guys in your top six that can, why not? Why not? Why exactly. Not? Special teams expected to be a big factor tonight in general. Well, they're going to need to be against a very good Leafs power play. Um, uh, that just it, it's it's worked together so long. So you know you look for power play units, and, and John Stevens probably presented it better than I will. He just you know he referenced te- any team that has a successful power play as the Leafs did last season. It's guys that have played that together a long time. Uh, you know Austin Tavares, Marner, Riley. They they just they can interchange. They're they're not a one-dimensional power player, two-dimensional. They have no problem scoring different ways, and uh, that's going to be a big challenge here for the penalty kill, the Golden Knights. Golden Knights will look to shut it down tonight when they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs at seven o'clock. The pregame show starts at six o'clock here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, and I'll give Shane and myself a little plug if you choose to tune into AT&T Sportsnet with that pregame starting at six thirty.